So I'd like you to imagine that you have a beautiful crystal ball in your hands. And as you look into it, think of the circumstances of your life right now. And as you look into the crystal ball, ask your soul, your inner self, what your life looks like in six months if nothing changes. And then ask what it looks like a year from now if nothing changes. And then ask what does it look like in three years from now if nothing changes. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Paul's solo cast today is about visualizing the life you want and how to create it. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review at the top of the show page on Spotify or at the bottom of the show page if you are listening on Apple Podcast. Your opinions matter and your ratings help us to grow and help more people to be healthy, find freedom of body and mind, and live their dreams. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, I have a special solo podcast for you. The title is The Life You Want and How to Create It. I'm super excited to share this solo podcast with you. It's all about how to create the life you want. For many, the conception of creating the life you want at this time with all the craziness going on in the world seems unrealistic. But is it? Irvin Laszlo, world famous for his work in systems theory and consciousness research, informs us that whenever a system is unstable or in a state of chaos, it is the ideal time to make changes. We all know that if something's working, we generally don't try to fix it. But is the way things are being managed in the world, nature, and with each other working? I don't think so. So, now is actually an excellent time to create the life you want, because if you create harmony in the process, that's what you're sharing with the world. And if your life that you want to create is in harmony with the values that the world needs, then you will find that you are being supported at many levels in your process. As Arnold Mendel states in his teachings, a culture is a bunch of people doing the same things. And from that perspective, there are many things that enslave people and give them a life that they don't want. So now is a very good time to realize that if you don't create the life you want, you will inevitably find yourself living the life you don't want. So why leave your life in the hands of fate? when your soul always offers you fortune. So let's begin with an exercise together. You know crystal balls are often used by witches and psychics to see the future. They do this because crystals are amplifiers of thought energy and enhance inner imaging. So it's actually not a gimmick, it really works. And I have a number of really cool crystal balls that I've worked with, and they are actually quite useful, and I've used them, particularly to enhance things like clairvoyance, clairaudience, and clairsentience, and do deep spiritual research and look into people's energy fields and things like that. So I'd like you to imagine that you have a beautiful crystal ball in your hands, and as you look into it, think of the circumstances of your life right now. 
And as you look into the crystal ball, ask your soul, your inner self, what your life looks like in six months if nothing changes. And then ask what it looks like a year from now if nothing changes. And then ask what does it look like in three years from now if nothing changes. And if you want to extend that experiment, you can look into it and ask, what does the world look like in three months or six months or a year or three years if nothing changes? And you might see that right now is a really good time for us to create the life that we want so that we can all start creating harmony together instead of living a stressful life that we think is being done to us. Now, if when you look into your crystal ball, what you see, feel, or intuit brings you into a state of harmony and inner peace or fulfillment, then congratulations. This podcast may be useful to give you tools that you can share with others to help with world healing at this time or to inspire them to create the life they want. In this podcast, I'm going to share the many key issues we all need to be aware of and use to create the life we want, but more than that, these are the very principles we can all use and would be very wise to use together to create the life we want for each other, for the planet, and for a sustainable future, or God forbid what the children of the world will have to face in their lifetime. So let's get started creating the life you want. To begin with, let's look at the difference between dreaming and minding. This is something that very few people really understand, but I wanted to begin our journey together today by helping you understand something that's really quite marvelous when it comes to dreaming and creating. When we look at how life emerges, something quite mysterious and miraculous becomes apparent. All existence is the object of an infinite subject or source. Some call it God. Some call it source. In quantum physics or science, they just refer to it as potential. Some call it great spirit. But it is an infinite subject. The subject is the perceiver. The subject is the part of you that's always aware of any object of your perception or within your awareness. So, through your awareness, you perceive. You are perceiving the sound of my voice right now. It is the subject within you that is listening, so that makes me the object of your perception. The totality of existence whatever model you use, is known as the one in philosophy, particularly the philosophy of Plotinus and the Neoplatonists. One is a symbol for the totality of whatever is, be that a universe, multiverse, or omniverse. All things countable come from zero, which is the functional equivalent of unconditional love or source. Even in science, we have a zero-point field, which is the source of infinite amounts of energy. 
so to progress forward with the staged process I want to take you through, remember that to be is a state of being, and something must be to exist in a state of being. Therefore, being is tangible. It exists. You exist as a human being. Therefore, the one or the totality of existence is in a state of being because we all look up at the stars at night and have telescopes showing us how big the universe is and we know we're here. But behind being is non-being, which is the zero force of unconditional love or pure potential. In his excellent teachings on consciousness, Arthur M. Young, the inventor of the Bell helicopter, who devoted his life and resources thereafter to the study of consciousness and wrote many excellent books, informs us that non-being is significance because it is aware of being. Now that's deep, but let me explain. Non-being can only symbolically be represented not as a thing, because it's non-being, but as zero, or the dotted circle used in Taoism to represent Wu Qi, which represents Wu, not Qi, life. So Wu Qi means that the source of the Tao that can be spoken, existence or being, is the Tao that can't be spoken, weighed, measured, or identified as anything, as this or that. So paradoxically, the only symbols for something that exists and doesn't exist at the same time are zero in the dotted circle of Wu Qi. So to recap, being represents something that exists. The universe, multiverse, or omniverse is the one, or being in its grand expression, behind which is non-being, which is significance because it's aware of being. Because mind is a duality that requires subject and object to function, mind cannot be the source of existence, nor your life. Non-being, zero, or God, and I use God in capital G, capital O, capital D, because it does not signify the highest deity of a belief system, but that which is beyond all belief systems, so to repeat, non-being God or zero does not think itself into existence. It dreams itself into existence because existence comes from a priori to subject-object. It comes from something beyond mind itself. And the Aboriginal people of Australia speak comprehensively about the dreaming nature of source and how the universe came to being, as do many other cultures. And two very good books that you can read about to get more understanding on the dreaming nature that brings the universe into existence are Voices of the First Day, 
by Robert Lawler, which I've mentioned many times on my podcast because it's absolutely excellent and loaded with very, very good Aboriginal wisdom that we could all use. And then another fantastic book is The Dreaming Universe by Fred Allen Wolf. If you haven't studied Fred Allen Wolf's books, audios, videos, they're all very, very good. He's a deep, deep, lovely, amazing human being. Quantum physicist teaches us that there is nothing until we observe or are aware of what we're looking for. When we dream the life we want, we, the dreamer as soul, are the subject, and our dream becomes the object of our intention. Now, that's very, very important, which I will expand on. I'm going to state that again. When we dream the life we want, we, the dreamer, as soul, are the subject, the perceiver, and our dream becomes the object of our in-tension, our intention. So remember, source is unconditional love. Therefore, until we put potential into tension, through intention, there is no flow of spirit to facilitate the creation of our dreams or anything else. Our intention should always represent our specific dreams, goals, or objectives. And our intention should be in harmony with our dreams, goals, or objectives, or we will block our capacity to manifest. So to clarify what I mean, if you have a dream, goal, or objective to manifest the life you want, but in doing so, your intention is to make someone else look bad or to prove something to somebody else or to uh, prove how good you are, then your intention is basically driven by a negative. That will disrupt the harmony and it decreases the capacity for unconditional love to flow because it has to, to divide the energy or the power into a negative and a positive, which have a canceling effect. So one of the most important things when it comes to creating anything, manifesting anything in your life, is to make sure that your intentions are heart-centered, not self-centered, but heart-centered, and that whatever you're creating in some way creates benefit for as many people as possible or you will create blocking factors. And that's one of the reasons so many people give up on the idea of manifestation or dreaming things into existence or using their mind effectively because they don't realize that they're the ones making the mistakes and they're actually doing everything correctly, but not realizing that they're getting what they're creating by not really being aware that they're dis diminishing their creative abilities by enlivening oppositional um, values, dreams, goals, or objectives. So therefore, the dreamer, zero or unconditional love, is... The subject, the dream of your life, is the one you are dreaming into existence. And when you direct your awareness into your dream, you become the subject of the dreaming, and the dream itself becomes the object 
making the two of mind, subject and object. You can't have mind until you actually have a relationship between subject and object. Now, when you're lucidly dreaming your life into existence, which means you're doing it with vivid awareness, mind is created by your awareness that you are dreaming, that you are in the dream, and that you are dreaming up the characters essential to the fulfillment of your dream. Because we're all dreaming each other into existence as co-creative, or as a co-creative process, your dreaming and the dreaming of others that share soul contracts with you and alignment of values results in you and those other people and places and things being magnetized to we get together. And this is the principle of like attracts like in spiritual development or met- metaphysics and alchemy. Therefore, mind emerges as a product of relationship, but dreaming does not need that object to dream. It only needs the object to think. So interestingly, source is dreaming everything into existence. But until source itself begins to cultivate relationships within the dream, which is after the dream's already happened, only then does mind be created, and when the characters in the dream begin to interact with each other, then mind is created through relationship. Because it is you dreaming the life you want into existence each day, you are the subject of your dream, the dreamer. And all people, places, or things in the dream are the objects perceived by the subject of yourself as the dreamer. When love is what inspires your dream, you literally magnetize yourself to the people, places, and things in your dream. All dreams must be reminded regularly to keep the necessary energy and information flowing into them, just as a plant must be watered regularly to keep it alive, and an animal or pet must also be watered, fed, and nurtured regularly to keep it alive and healthy. Said another way, you are lucid in the creation of your life dream. Or I should say, once you are lucid, it becomes a being of living information that lives in and through you, and all the co-creative relationships you engage in the process of creating your life dream. So, That might seem a bit far out there, so let me just briefly explain. Once you are lucid in the dream of creating your life dream, what I'm saying there is, if you've ever had a dream, but you wake up after the fact and go, oh my God, I was dreaming, then you were pure subject. You are not actually engaging in the dream in a state of lucid awareness which is what happens in lucid dreaming, in which you actually can engage the characters of your dream and participate in the relationships and the outcome of the dream. But once you are engaging the characters of the dream, they become the object of the subject within you. But when you're in the dream and you're just unconscious and it's sort of like a movie playing inside of you, then 
you're really just experiencing the dream from inside the dream as subject. But once you are aware, lucidly, that you're creating the dream, the dream itself becomes a living being made of living information that in lives in and through you and all the co-creative relationships that you will engage in the process of creating your dream because we're each doing things that somehow support each other's dream. For example, if your dream is a beautiful house with beautiful stonework in it, you're going to need a builder and a stonemason that has the artistic skills to create what you want. And since they love to build houses and create things out of stone, your dream supports them in their dream. They need people to dream houses into existence with beautiful stonework and artwork, and we need them to help us dream our dream into existence. So the amazing sort of mystery behind it all is that we often don't realize that we're all dreaming each other into existence. In fact, that's how a soul is made. When the whole of creation at any scale, be it the world, the solar system, the galaxy, the universe, dreams itself into existence, in any given instance, any of the sentient beings at any level, such as two people saying, we really want to have a child, to share our life and our love with, that dream initiates and calls to a soul or draws a soul out of pure potential or source into creation as a field of living information that is now part of the whole. So, your dream becomes a living being because it is actually made of all the relationships and all the other souls involved and co-creating with you, which is why it's so important to be clear on all the things that I'm going to share with you. Because if you're not clear, well, let me give you an example. If you go into a restaurant and the waitress has taken a break, but the chef sticks his hat out the window from the kitchen and says, the waitress is on break, what can I get you? And you said, I don't know, I'm just hungry, bring me anything. And he just throws a mix of leftovers together and when you bring it, you don't like it. Well, then you have no right to complain. But when source, unconditional love, or that which has infinite capacity to create, as the universe is plenty of evidence of, asks you, what would you like to create for your life? And you say, I don't know, just give me anything, whatever, then that's what you'll get. But when you realize that source has infinite potential to create, and that there's potentially an infinite number of souls looking to create things similar to you, then it becomes a living being. And that is where the magic is. As you can imagine, I've worked with many clients that want to get fitter, healthier, and recover from injuries. But it's not uncommon for them to tell me that they don't have a lot of time to work out. I'm sure you all know exactly what I'm talking about. 
You might wonder, well, how do I help them? For those clients, I've created my Big Bang approach to exercise. Big Bang workouts enable you to get the most from your workout in the least amount of time because they use numerous biomotor abilities and planes of movement all at once. If you want to get the most out of your workouts, Big Bang exercises are the way to go, particularly if you need to get a lot of work done in a short time, as is so often the case for many busy people today. I've written a quick ebook to show you exactly how to do that. It's called Paul Check's Big Bang Workouts, and it's available to you for free. I'll teach you exactly what makes an exercise a Big Bang exercise, show you a number of my favorite Big Bang exercises, and teach you some basic program design principles so you know how to fit them into your workouts properly or use Big Bang exercise as a concept to create short, powerful workouts. To get your copy of the ebook, go to checkinstitute.com dot com forward slash big bang and remember that c-h-e-k institute dot com forward slash big bang enjoy your free paul checks big bang workout ebook now freedom is important as well because creating the life we want almost always means creating the freedom we want Freedom typically means being free to live without restriction on thoughts or actions. Yet, in the PPS Success Mastery Program, which I created many years ago, but is still very worthy and very useful, nothing needs to be changed because it's based on principles, um, you can look at the PPS Success Mastery Program, if you'd like, online. Uh, It's on our e-learning section, in our e-learning section at chekinstitute.com. But in my PPS Success Mastery Program, I teach that freedom ultimately means having ownership of your own mind, without which you can never create what you want. You just create whatever the programmers taking space in your mind want you to create. And we can all see that that approach isn't working very well in the world right now. I would imagine you can see it if you're listening to my podcast. Strictly speaking, the literature on mimetics, memes, are collections of words that have some kind of a meaning or a structure, like a sentence is a meme, or things go better with Coke is a meme, doesn't mean it's true. Um, Jingles are memes. Uh, Anything you can string together that has meaning with letters, for example, in the science of memetics, each letter in the alphabet is called a meme atom, which we use to create words to create memes. So, what I was saying is that, strictly speaking, the literature on memetics and mind control states that only 1% of human beings actually have the freedom to use their own mind due to brainwashing and the limitations imposed by closed belief systems, most of which we as people were indoctrinated into as children by familial, religious, and corporate influences. And as you can see, that's going on heavy, heavy today, unfortunately, but it's part of our growing up to learn how to dream effectively and recreate what we want for ourselves and each other. To be truly successful at creating the life you want requires you take responsibility for yourself, responsibility for your happiness, and your own freedom. This most always requires healing, 
and psycho-spiritual growth, which means growth of your use of your mind and your sense of connection to a greater whole. Remember, the spiritual person is one who takes responsibility for what they create moment to moment, not just somebody who reads New Age books and goes to workshops. There are always challenges in the process of creating the life we want because we have to be willing to let go of the parts of ourselves that are out of harmony with our highest aspirations, and that includes the relationships that no longer serve us. And that could be relationships with persons, places, or things, such as addictions. Additionally, if creating the life you want was too easy, there would be no growth involved and you wouldn't uh, have any respect for what you'd created. You wouldn't be proud of yourself. You wouldn't have any sense of accomplishment. As an example, if anyone could win a gold medal in the Olympics, we wouldn't have any reverence for gold medal Uh, winning athletes. They'd just be like kids being given lollipops for being good boys or good girls. But we all know how grueling the life of elite athletes is, and we hold them in reverence because they effectively navigate the challenges that allow them to reach their potential and inspire us all to do the same in our lives. Once we look at the 10 components that are essential to creating the life you want, We will look briefly into the areas where we can do our healing and growth work to facilitate our abilities to create and live our dream life most efficiently. Many people's life dreams are oriented only to being successful, but that is a dangerous trap that all too many human beings have stepped right into, often leading them right into a crisis of self as a result. The idea of success in the Western ideal has not turned out to be too successful for the masses. I don't think I would get too much argument from any of you on that, considering that a handful of people now own 50% or more of the entire world's wealth. And according to Jeremy Lent's excellent book, The Web of Meaning, which I've been studying, a shocking statistic is that Four billion people on this planet make less than $7 a day and cannot meet their basic survival needs for food, water, safety, shelter, and warmth. That's almost half the world population. Meanwhile, we've got billionaires like Bill Gates running around with 160-something billion in his bank account claiming to do all sorts of things to help people that aren't helpful at all and actually are raping the planet, which is what he is doing as a holder of the negative polarity to inspire us all to grow up and become adults and make choices for ourselves. So the point I'm making is that uh, if you're only thinking about success, which for most people really is oriented around money, not real success, which I'll get into, um, then you have people that make money the main objective of their entire life and they're willing to do anything to get it, including creating the situations we have in the world right now because these guys have mastered making disaster profitable and making good times profitable. So we have to watch carefully so we don't get sucked into the game 
And the best way to do that is to get clear on what your dream is, your goals are, and your values are, and live that way and share it with people. Additionally, we've all seen many successful people's lives fall apart right in front of us, from movie stars to singers to musicians to world-class athletes to business moguls. So uh, we have plenty of evidence that success is not the end-all and be-all. It's important to remember the wise words of Maxwell Maltz, MD, who wrote the excellent book titled Psycho-Cybernetics, which if you want a great book on self-development, there's one for you. Uh, in his book, he says something very profound. Success is getting what you want. Happiness is wanting what you get. Let's review that again. Success is getting what you want. Happiness is wanting what you get. Joseph Campbell addresses this directly in, in some of his lectures where he talks about how many people that are totally oriented towards success as financial success or success in a career that maybe they didn't want but their parents coerced them into climb the ladder of success and when they get to the top they realize it's leaning against the wrong wall. And that is what brings on a really juicy, potent midlife crisis for a lot of people. So what I'm saying here is when you're creating your dream life and you're mapping it and planning it out, as we'll discuss, it's very important, particularly if you're under 40 years of age and you don't have that much life experience yet, to really get clear on the difference between success and happiness. Because you can have success, you can have lots of money, but you can really find yourself burned out and tired of all the responsibilities and all the things you got to do. And depending on how you get the money, you might not be so impressed with yourself when you wake up to maybe that you've been investing in uh opiate drugs or something because they're making you a lot of money, but they're destroying people's lives. But somebody that's happiness-oriented is probably going to settle for less quick, easy money and invest in things like planting trees or developing sustainable housing or sustainable energy systems and things like that. Now, Maxwell Maltz does describe true success with an acronym. And so I would like to share it with you because if you have this kind of success, then you're in a really good place for effective dreaming. So he takes the word success and gives it the acronym sense of direction. So having a sense of direction, understanding, courage, charity and compassion, esteem, i.e. self-esteem, self-confidence, and self-acceptance. So true success is having a sense of direction, having understanding, having courage, having charity and compassion for yourself and others, having esteem for yourself and others, and having self-confidence and self-acceptance which you radiate out into the world as a living example. And if you're successful that way, chances are really good you're also going to be happy.
When creating and planning our dreams for our life, it is important to be clear and detailed as possible. Source or unconditional love, the call it the cosmic chef, is capable of creating infinite complexity, diversity, and remember, by definition, unconditional love can never say no. That would be to create conditions, and that is not the quality of love that emerges from source. So that's why they say, be careful what you pray for, you might just get it. So some examples that we can use for planning our dream are to write it down to the best of your ability with as much detail as possible. Draw or paint your dream life to the best of your ability. I like to paint mandalas or do artwork. I usually start by writing whatever it is I want to manifest down. Then I look at what I wrote and I look for key words such as the abundance that I want financially or the when it came to finding our new home, how much acreage we wanted and how many uh, water uh, features we wanted or how much space we needed for gym, classroom, office, home. Then what you do is you say, okay, what are the key words in here? And you look through and you start listing them. So it might be gardens. It might be uh, a pond or a pool. It might be um, no neighbors within a certain distance. It might be space for kids to play. It might be that you want a guest house. It might be that you want vaulted ceilings with big windows. <clears throat> so then what you do is once you end up with these key words, beautiful views, water features, X number of acres, you take those words and you say, okay, now how do I draw or paint what's rising up in me in my meditative awareness when I'm allowing myself to be lucid as I'm dreaming of my new home or my new business or my new relationship. And then you paint that so that it carries the symbols that connect to the key words that ultimately are the common denominators of what you wrote down as your dream. Another approach is to create a comprehensive mind map, which is one I've also done many times. It's quite effective because then you can use a mix of written language and symbols or artistic rendering together. So that's also useful. And then it's important to remember that creation emerges in stages. First we dream, then we think then we speak the word. You tell your partner or you tell people that might want to be involved or that might have a financial interest. And then we must take affirmative action, which is the deed phase that uh, takes the dream and the thoughts into the realm of deed. So the stages of creation are dreaming, thinking, wording, 
and deeding. Or without the dream, it's simply stated thought, word, deed. If you watch yourself internally, witness yourself, which I highly recommend everyone devote time to at least every day, an easy way to do it is right before you go to bed, just watch the thoughts, the words that want to come with them, and the actions they inspire, and you'll often see that in the unconscious, you're reproducing the programming of people that were not effective at manifesting things in their life. And only through witnessing that and using a technique, which I'll share later, I have other ones in the Holistic Lifestyle Coach Level 2 program where I teach people through the Institute how to be professional holistic uh, lifestyle coaches, and there's more in my PPS Success Mastery Program and Check 4 Quadrant Coaching Mastery online. But I'll share one. If you have one that works, it'll work. Uh, you don't need a lot of these types of tools. You just need to use any of them that's effective. But the point is, if you start witnessing your unconscious programming, you'll see that very frequently we are thinking, wording, and deeding exactly what we don't want into our life, be it through relationships, financial predicaments, work challenges, etc. So once we realize the thought, word, deed component of it, and then we realize that dreaming comes before thinking in the grand process of creation, we can couple our dreaming with dream affirmative thinking, speaking, and action or deed, and that facilitates the process quite beautifully. Hi, everybody. I sure hope you're enjoying the podcast today. You know, it's said that most people are either in too much of a rush to prepare fresh organic greens, be they vegetables or green fruits like fresh green apples, and end up grazing on inferior foods. But it comes with a cost. Nutrient depletion, reduced capacity to handle stress, reduced immune resilience, and you age more rapidly. But Organifi comes to our aid again with an amazingly tasty, nutritious addition, their new crispy apple green juice. But it's more than just another apple drink. It's packed with your favorite adaptogens and superfoods. Some key features of Organifi's new crisp apple green juice are delicious taste from organic crisp apples, organic whole apple sources hand-picked, including Golden Delicious from Washington, Northern Spy, Macintosh, Ida Red, and Empire from Ontario, Canada. The new crisp apple green juice is formulated with the highest quality ashwagandha at an effective dose of 600 milligrams for helping your body handle stress more effectively and it's low sugar only two grams per serving but the taste is amazing for such a low sugar drink just add water mix and experience the joy of real food real fast go to organifi.com o-r-g-a-n-i-f-i.com and save 20 percent on organifi products when you enter your living 4d discount code capital c capital h capital e capital K, 20 during checkout. That's check 20 for your 20% discount on Organifi products during checkout. Enjoy Organifi's new crisp apple green juice. 
Next, we always want to be clear about and look for the people that will have alignment of values and needs. Your dream is in some way their dream and vice versa, as I mentioned below. So when we have alignment of values, for example, uh, one of my friends and clients, Amy Fournier, who has a beautiful podcast called Awakening Aphrodite, by the way, if you want an excellent podcast, especially if you're a woman, um, she's looking for a property. And what she finds, she's got multiple real estate agents, is a lot of times what's in their mind is based on their values. So she keeps having to restate, no, the land is very important. Uh, or I need these things, but they keep coming up with houses that maybe match their values so that they can sell something. But when you find a real estate agent in this example that really has values alignment and says, oh, I understand why land is so important, or I understand why you want to grow your own food, or I understand why you want a guest house or an additional building to put your office in, then they themselves harmonize with our values because their values and our values are in alignment and that increases the magnetic power of both of you because there's values alignment. It's like people dancing together. If you're out of step, it's like having a values clash. But when you find people to dream with you and their values are in alignment with yours, then you can more easily fulfill the dance of creation because you're in step together. <clears throat> now, an example I can speak of in this regard is all the way back in about 1988, when I began lecturing professionally and, and bringing my education out to the public, I met the owners of Total Gym, and I had a lot of experience using Total Gym in the physical therapy practice I worked in for four years. And... Um, even before then in a chiropractic office. But I really liked the Total Gym, so I found out where they were located, and fortunately they, they were right in San Diego where I lived. So I went down and met Tom and Larry, and uh, I think Doug was the third owner at the time. And I shared what my dream was for creating educational videos and how I would like to use Total Gym medicine balls and products in the dream and said if they would sponsor the video, it would become a great marketing tool for them. And since I used their products and could stand behind them, then we would have um, alignment of values and interests. And lo and behold, not only did they sponsor my video that I brought to them at the time, which I believe was scientific core conditioning, which originally was called scientific abdominal training, but they sponsored many of my videos after that, which allowed me to co-create something beautiful for not only the people of the world, but allowed me to, to live my dream. So there's an example of alignment of values. <clears throat> Another example is all the conference directors that allowed me to present at conferences were aligned with the values of educating people. And so they gave me a venue and a vehicle to share my teachings around the world, which is ultimately how I grew the Czech Institute. Later, 
when the institute got so big that it became hard to manage and Penny and I were just overworked and overwhelmed by it all, we began dreaming of finding a partner or partners that could help with the management. And lo and behold, Gavin Jennings and his wife Gabby, who were our European distributors, were doing an absolutely excellent job of managing the entire territory. And so I shared what my dream was and my interest in their help. And they were very interested. And so since Gavin and Gabby partnered with us, the Institute is reaching all-time highs that I never even dreamed of. And our advanced training program is the biggest and most beautiful and well-run. And our instructors are the best and the most well-educated and work better together than ever. So there you see that would not have happened if Gabby and Gavin did not have values alignment with Penny and I. And Gabby was already a very skilled Czech professional who was making a great living not only as the European distributor, but as a Czech professional with his own clinic. So there you can see another example of the importance of dream alignment. The Czech Institute dream is my life dream, and it teaches holistic health and holistic living, which extends itself right to the soil, water, air, and the whole of nature. My dream is a co-creation with Mother Earth to help all her beings, the creatures of nature, and human beings, her children, live and love more fully. So once we understand the nature of and the importance of caring for the dream board, which is the planet, where all life dreams unfold on earth, we learn about the nature of mind, spirit, and soul, because no life exists outside the confines of these key integrated levels of dreaming, thinking, wording, and deeding, or creating individually and collectively. So what I'm saying is ultimately, my life dream of the Czech Institute was not only in alignment with the essential needs that we all have, such as healthy water, healthy soil, healthy air, and healthy ecosystems, but helping people develop themselves by understanding the nature of the mind, the nature of soul, and the nature of spirit, so that they can co-create with source and within their own lives and with other people, is ultimately what the Czech Institute stands for, represents, and what the teachings are based on. And so one of the reasons I've been able to stay in business since 1995, even going through tough times like the 2008 stock market crash, is because there was enough dream alignment with the needs of the planet and the needs of people that even when times were tough, the Institute had enough income coming in from around the world to make it through tough times. And it's important to remember, as I said earlier, with the analogy of the Olympic athlete, all worthy dreams require us to grow and work through challenges. So there's no question that creating the life you want is work, but it's no more work than creating the life you don't want. The difference is when you're in love with what you're doing, it's sustainable. If you're not in love with what you're doing, then it's just a it's labor without love, and that's not sustainable. The analogy I often give is imagine 
having to raise somebody else's children. It would be really hard to do, but when you're going through the trials and tribulations of raising your own children and you're full of love for them, then you work through the challenges of whatever it might be, behavior or um, a child that is antisocial or a child that has a speech impediment or some kind of an unexpected health problem, etc. You know, we all have to work through these things. But if you really love your children, you, you have that love to support you. But if you don't, then they just become like watching someone else's dog that's eating your house all up and tearing everything apart. And it's hard to really be affectionate toward dogs in that situation. So look for alignment of values with others that may find mutual benefit in the creation of your dream because it supports their dream in some unique way, just as I described above with Total Gym and the other examples. The other thing to remember is that there's always angels there to help us. I've found that throughout my life. Angels are wise, accomplished people that love to support others in the creation of their dreams, particularly when doing so helps others live a better life. So an angel might be an investor. It might be someone that knows the answers that will help you solve a challenge that you have. Angels can can be any number of people in your life that usually are very mature and very experienced and have developed a level of knowledge and or financial resources to be able to help people. A key thing, though, is angels have already lived through the school of hard knocks. They have very clearly established values, and they do not put up with abuse. And unfortunately, I've seen people attract an angel, but then abuse them by being too needy or not paying back money that was borrowed as agreed, etc. So, be wise enough to know that you can attract angels in your life, but if you're not on your very best behavior and very committed to your agreements with them, you will lose them, and it makes it harder and harder for angels to show up because they're sensitive to contributing to anything that ultimately doesn't produce harmony in the world. Now, if you're looking for dark angels, that's easy. There's plenty of them. They'll always come support you. But it comes with a real cost called selling your soul. And there's too much of that going on in the world already. Effective dream creation requires alignment of body, mind, and soul. Coherence creates and harmonizes. So what happens when you have alignment of body, mind, and soul, there, there is no part of you that's out of alignment with your dreams, goals, objectives, your values, and the things that you do to harmonize with them each day. So once you have coherence and you're in harmony, then all aspects of your dream are most efficient in their manifestation and you're most efficient in your ability to attract the people to support you because when you have body, mind, soul alignment or alignment of values or thought, word, and deed, you are creating 
harmony in the world. And so you're able to create pure resonance. You're, you're like a tuning fork that's easy to hear the pitch of. And so the beauty of that is that like attracts like. And we want to attract people into our life that share the same level of commitment to us, or we find our dream creation process very challenging. Being open-minded is essential in the creation of your dreams because oftentimes we don't realize that some of our closed-mindedness is stopping us from achieving our potential or getting what we want. For example, somebody may offer you a house, a real estate agent, and it may not be quite what you thought it was. So instead of just saying, oh, I'm not even going to go look at it, being open-minded means, well, let's just go have a look and see what's possible. If it ticks off five of seven boxes, then you may go there and find out there's an eighth box that you didn't even realize, like maybe it has an underground wine cellar that you can turn into a beautiful cellar full of canned food that gives you the confidence that if something terrible happens in the world, that you have some sustainability because you are backed up. So instead of having piles of wine, you've got lots of great food to support you and you say, wow, that's the first house we've ever find like that. And with what's going on in the world, that could be very helpful. So you see, being open-minded um, allows you to be more sensitive to the subtle cues that may come from spirit. Now, that can be many different kinds of cues and I don't have time to go into them all. It would be a a course on shamanism, but if you look into Arnold Mendel's book, like the Dreaming Body, or the excuse me, the Shaman's Body, uh, you'll learn a lot. Next, when we're dreaming our life into existence, the life we want, we have to have trust, but we also have to have patience. For example, it took us five years to find our dream home. We me, Penny, and Angie did a ceremony each morning. We blew smoke, and we gave thanks for what we already knew we had. We didn't use the words, I want, or can I have, or please bring. We kept visualizing everything, and I had painted up um, basically a dream map using the process I mentioned earlier. and. Five years later, we found it, but we looked at a lot of places and got really close. But each time, I didn't feel, nor did Angie and Penny feel, that alignment of body, mind, and soul. Either that was too far away, too much driving, poor internet or no internet. And it was tricky because we really wanted to move for a number of reasons, but we also didn't want to spend a place only to find our dream home later and be kicking ourselves. So it's really important to have trust and patience in the process and stick to your values and stick to your plan, but be open-minded. We finally did find our dream home, which we didn't pursue because the first time we saw it was three years prior and it was 
very, very expensive. It was way more than we could afford. But due to the miracle of the dream process, three years later, it hadn't sold. It was going up for auction. And one thing led to another. And here we are in our amazing dream home. It took me a year and a half of daily meditation to allow Great Spirit to find Penny because I was really needing a partner that could help me deal with the business side of the Institute because that's not at all my passion. And I wrote everything down, meditated on it every day, sometimes for an hour and a half. And a year and a half later, I had a vision and I said to my soul, is that the woman I've been dreaming up? And the answer was yes. A week later, we met. Four days later, we were engaged. And we are about to have our 25th anniversary on. It might have already happened by the time this podcast is up, but March the 29th will be our 25th anniversary, wedding anniversary, which is quite a miracle because I still love her as much as the day I met her. And it was powerful to see Penny when I knew she was the woman of my dream. She showed up as clear as a bell, exactly what she looks like. So when she walked into the door of the class I was teaching, I just about fell out of my skin. I was so shocked. And the rest is history. It's taken me years to get answers from my soul and great spirit on deep questions, which I go into contemplative meditation on. But being patient and persistent turns out to be a virtue that helps a lot whenever you are seeking or creating something meaningful. So now let's look at the 10 components of a dream that you need to be aware of whenever you're using dream creation for manifestation. And these 10 components come right out of PPS Success Success Mastery Lesson 1, How to Find and Live Your Legacy, which is your ultimate life plan. So component number one is the dream itself. As I've said, you got to be very clear about that dream. Component two is being aware of what makes you feel good, what gives you body, mind, and soul alignment. If I, for example, showed you a really gorgeous house, but then you said, well, what does it look like outside? And it turned out to be right in the middle of a busy city with neighbors six feet away. And part of your dream was to have a place to meditate, do Tai Chi, play with your kids, take your dog for a walk, and you realize the only thing around there was pavement, you might not feel body, mind, and soul alignment. And if you went for that house out of desperation, you'd probably end up wishing you hadn't. Next is what gives you a sense of purpose and meaning. That's very important because if you don't have a sense of purpose and meaning, then you're not going to have the discipline to do the work on a daily basis to infuse your dream with your love and your life force and magnetize it. But many don't really understand what the word meaning means. Many use the word without knowing what it means. And I can think of no better an explanation of meaning than one offered by Jeremy Lent in his excellent book titled The Web of Meaning. And on page 315, Jeremy Lent says, meaning is a function of connectedness. Just as music 
as an emergent phenomenon arising between a player and listener, attuning through patterns of vibrations. So meaning is an emergent phenomenon enacted by a conscious entity as it relates to an experience to other experiences. So he says, meaning is an emergent phenomenon enacted by a conscious entity as it relates an experience to other experiences. So the experience of being happy coupled with the experience of being in your dream home creates meaning. The experience of being happy because you found the right person to share your life with as a partner creates meaning. The more extensively we connect something with other parts of our lives, the more meaningful it is to us. The meaning of something may be understood as the networks of relationships it is perceived to have. A more extensive and integrated network makes it more meaningful. So what he's saying there is that when it comes to meaning, the more areas that something touches your life or relationships, the more meaningful it becomes. For example, if you run out of water, that's something that touches every life of the family, of all the plants, all the creatures. So there's an example of something that has many network connections and becomes more meaningful. You'd be better to run out of food than to run out of water. You'd be better to run out of money than to run out of food and water. So, when we look at meaning as being related to the network of connections we have, then we realize why it's important for values alignment with our dream and creating our dream team Because the more those connections are also important to them, the more meaningful it is to both parties. And without meaning, spirit will not flow. If someone asks you to do something that has no sense of meaning or value to you, I can assure you, you're not going to put your heart into it. But if something's really meaningful to you, you'll probably really do good. You might remember being in school or university taking classes that you had to take, but they just seemed like they were completely disconnected from anything interesting to you or that was something that you felt would be part of your life. And it's very hard to really do the work to get good grades in a class like that because it doesn't seem like it's a worthy investment of your time. So where we lack meaning, we lack the connection necessary for spirit to flow. You know, turmeric's really, really hot now. There's a lot of scientific research on it, but they're not all created the same. So I brought Autumn Smith on to tell you about Paleo Valley's turmeric complex so you know exactly what the benefits are and why you, like me, should get your turmeric complex from Paleo Valley. Autumn, tell us about your turmeric complex. At Paleo Valley, we are big believers in food as medicine. And so turmeric, of course, it 
has beat drugs out. We know it's anti-inflammatory. We know it has brain benefits. We know it has joint benefits. But what most people don't know is that a lot of turmeric supplements only contain one isolated compound of turmeric called curcumin. And so what we did instead was create a complex. We added organic turmeric and then ginger and rosemary and clove, which were some of the most DNA protective spices studied. And we created a complex. We added organic coconut powder and pepper for absorption. And so we've created a really high quality, highly bioavailable turmeric complex that will hopefully help you to feel your best. And all you have to do to check it out is go to paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. And you can use the code CHECK15, that's lowercase C-H-E-K-15 to save 15%. Number four of our 10 components is what are you passionate about? For example, can you turn a hobby into a career? I did. I turned my hobby for health and exercise into my career. Next, the pull of an archetype genuinely, uh, excuse me, the pull of an archetype generates genuine passion. Archetypes are the root language of consciousness. They are the grand characters and themes in the dream play of life, and nothing we can say, do, or imagine is outside the influence of archetypes. When you have heartfelt passion, you are usually feeling the magnetic influence of an archetype, and avoiding it only leads to some kind of an adaptive neurosis or crisis. This is why, for example, chasing money and success at the expense of listening to your heart and soul often leads to success without happiness. So archetypes are really the characters in the divine drama. So to be a mother is under the influence of the mother archetype. To be an athlete means you're under the influence of the athlete archetype. So you could say that archetypes are really categories of experience that source wants to have so that it can come to know itself. But archetypes, if you study Jung and many others, Carolyn Mice, um, Edward Edinger, uh, there's too many to mention, but when you really start studying archetypes, it becomes very clear. And as Jung says, you do not choose archetypes, they choose you. You choose activities But when you're dreaming something into existence, if it's showing up as something that truly makes you passionate, it's probably because you are in archetypal alignment with it, which means it's much more likely to happen than if you're working against archetypal alignment. For example, if you take the same analogy of the house that's really pretty but doesn't have any garden space or outdoor space, and you really wanted it, if you gave that to someone that hates gardening and hates cooking and wants to be close to restaurants and is happy to walk their dog on the street, then that home may be in archetypal alignment with their needs, but not yours because you may have the gardener archetype alive in you or the caregiver archetype that extends itself to your pets. They may be in the entrepreneur or businessman or woman archetype where those things are secondary. Next is geography. Where do you want to live your amazing life? That's very, very important because if I gave you your dream, but everything that I gave you was in some 
solid ice frozen place with windy, uncomfortable temperatures and environment, you probably would have a really hard time. If you don't like the rain and you don't want to be in a rainy place, then you need to get clear what the location is, where what the geography is, what the environment is. Next is what kind of people do you want to live with, share with, and co-create your life with? That's very important. Do you want to work with intelligent people or people that aren't that intelligent that are easy to control? There's no right or wrong. Personally, I like intelligent people. The higher intelligence, the better, which is why I have the women in my life that I do. Angie and Penny are super intelligent. For some men, that's too much for their ego. They don't like being wrong and they like to control everything. But when you're with super intelligent women, you have to be ready for ego adjustments now and then. So they grow me quite well. Do you want to be with people that are talkative or quiet? Do you want to be with people that are beautiful or is that important to you? For example, if your dream life includes being in the fashion industry, then you might want to be around beautiful people. If you were Hugh Hefner trying to sell Playboy magazine and you didn't have beautiful people in your dream, then we would never have known about Playboy. If you haven't watched the documentary of Hugh Hefner's life, it's incredible. It's a series I it might be on Amazon or it's on the Disney Channel. I can't remember, but it's a really excellent uh, series of 10 episodes on Hugh Hefner's life. Really shows what it looks like to create your own life, the, the dream of your own life and how you want it. Excellent job. And you learn Hugh Hefner was a much deeper man than most people realize. Do you want people that are earth conscious? Do you want people that are compassionate? How about their level of ethics and morals? Do you want people that are active or passive? Do you like to be around a diverse group of people? I personally love people of all colors, all types of intelligence, uh, belief systems. I love diversity myself. Do you want people that are humorous or serious all the time? If you're building a nuclear bomb, you probably want serious people. But if you're building a life that's fun to live in, you probably want some humor in there. Do you want creative people in your life? So these are just some examples for number six. What kind of people do you want to live with, share with, or co-create your life with? Seven is what values will your life serve? We can't have meaning without values. If we have no values, then we have no preference for how we eat, what we drink, how we care for our bodies, or how we live in general. Without values, we cannot define what it is that we want, nor what we want to be part of in life. At minimum, one's values should address the four key areas represented by my four doctor system for living well, which are the values oriented to what is happy making for you, what your need for movement is, and what your dietary needs are, and what your values are around rest and introspection, which means time to look within yourself each day. And for those of you that want help getting clear on those values, if you 
get the newest edition, the second edition of How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, which has been out for a few years now. Uh, I can't remember when I updated it, but I did put the four doctor system right in the beginning of the book and guidance for filling out your core values and even space to do it. Now, the eighth component of creating your dream is what working conditions are ideal for you. For example, do you want a controlled environment? Do you want to have a natural environment outdoors with a mix of indoors? Do you want to be on the clock by the hour? Do you want a salary? Do you want to own your own business that pays you on your own terms? Do you want an environment that's busy and fast like a city? Or do you want to be on your own pace like an artist, sculptor, a specialized craftsman or entrepreneur that works for themselves? Again, the more detail you have and the more clarity you have, the more you're likely to create what you want and not wish later that you'd spent more time meditating on it talking to people that share values and may be involved in your dream team and uh, getting clear. Next, and this is a very important one, what level of responsibility do you want? People often dream of making lots of money but forget that there's almost always a direct relationship between the amount of money you earn and the level of responsibility that comes with it. So, Some of the areas that we have to look into when it comes to responsibility is responsibility for people. The more people that work with you or for you, the more responsibility you have directly or indirectly. How much technical responsibility do you want, such as managing a bunch of computer systems or a fleet of vehicles? How much financial responsibility do you want? How much environmental responsibility do you want? A farmer has a lot of environmental responsibility. A corporation that makes things that puts off toxic byproducts has a lot of environmental responsibility. Unfortunately, most of them ignore it, as we all know, but that leads to trouble. And what level of stress do you want as it relates to responsibility? These are things that many people don't think about. They only think about the money. And trust me, I have had many of them as patients that really wish they would have thought about this before they got their high-paying job that they thought was their dream job, only to realize it was burning them out. And our 10th component of effective dreaming is income. How much do you want? How much do you need How secure do you want to be? And how do you want to be paid? That's important because if you're working for yourself, that's an easy one. But if you're working for somebody else and you know that you're creating this as part of your dream life, then you might want to get paid cash. You might want to get paid stocks. You might want to get paid a combination of cash, stocks, bonds, or something else. Or you might want to get paid in resources or products or shares in the company. Uh, There's a number of ways to go, but it's very important to get clear. You can always change later on if the experience, for example, of how you're getting paid or any of these components needs adjustment. That's fine. But when it comes to 
getting clear on manifestation, you want to do your very best in the manifestation process because that just means less that you find out later needs to be changed, which overall means less stress. Now, we want to have coherence in creating uh, our dreams. Conscious awareness isn't enough to create coherence. In other words, just because you're aware, you might have wrote your dreams down and did your painting a year ago, but it's just sitting there on the shelf or on the wall. But you might be walking around wondering why your dream's not being created. So we need effective goal setting, which I teach in PPS Success Mastery Lesson 3, which I believe it's been a while since I looked at it. It's called Scientific Goal Setting. But one of the key things that the great goal setters will remind you is if you don't know where you're going, and then any road will get you there. So not having goals is really like someone who's going to build a house without blueprints. It's possible, but you're probably going to find a lot of doors and windows don't fit. Things aren't level. Uh, your tables and chairs won't sit stable on the floor, etc. So, um, having realistically achievable goals that facilitate the creation of your dream life are very, very important. And I've studied and practiced goal setting for a very long time and helped many people with it. And it definitely does help organize the flow of your energy. And I always organize my goals uh, on a daily basis or on in any period as highest priority must do second highest priority should do, third highest priority would like to do. And I go about them in that order. So if the must-do goal isn't possible to achieve because maybe someone called in sick or the supplies got delayed or something like that, then you go to your should-do goal. And if something blocks that or you complete it, then you go to your would-like-to goal. Most research and goal setting shows that setting more than three key goals for any given day actually tends to reduce the likelihood that any of them get done, probably because it just generates a sense of overwhelm. Another thing that's very important is to develop a daily dream ritual. So an example of the dream ritual that I developed to manifest Penny in my life and to manifest the Institute was... I wrote everything down. I didn't paint Penny because I didn't feel like I was a good enough painter to really do her justice. <laughs> um, I did paint our property, and surprisingly accurately, too, when we got here and looked at the the land and looked at the uh, map of the property, and Angie contributed to that painting, we were dead shocked because we had marked on that map three places where I had doused Believe, believe it or not, I was dousing on a dream map and the exact three places where the previous owners had identified with a water surveyor where water was is exactly where I had put the marks indicating water on the property. And the shape of the property on my map was identical to the shape of our property. So there was a number of things like that. And Angie and I were just, and Penny were just like, wow, that's amazing. So when it comes to your ritual, read your writing 
as often as possible. I recommend daily. At least scan, read it, connect your heart to it, and look at your key words. If you say it out loud, it puts more energy in resonance, in the vibration, and that increases your chances of infusing that living being with life force. My ritual was every morning when I was looking for Penny, I sat down, I read everything I wanted, I visualized her, I thanked Great Spirit for her as though I already had her, and I went into meditation and just held that intention in my mind. And like I said, after a year and a half, she began to show up uh, in my meditations the week before I actually met her, which was really exciting. Every morning when I would get up at home, I would blow a bag of tobacco and herbs and do my prayer of gratitude and thanks for our new home and property and blow that intention right into my um, oracle. I call it an oracle. When you're doing a piece of art to attract a dream, it's really an oracle. And then often in the evening, I would do the same again, and Angie would also do it. And occasionally Penny would be with us, but she was really more harmonized to the written aspects of it because she was dealing with a lot of the real estate agents and organizing things so Angie and I could look at places with her. So to the very best of your ability, live as the person that has the life you want each day instead of waiting to have everything that you want. So when I lived in our previous home, I did my best each day to live with that same sense of openness and freedom, to have the space to meditate. I tried to incorporate as much of the me that would be there into the me that was manifesting so that I was in harmony with my future self. There's many ways to do this. You know, for example, if someone's got financial struggles all the time and they keep living from the poor me, I'll never have enough money, the world's tough, you know, a bunch of sort of self-negating or victim-type behavior, then what they're saying is I'll only be happy when I have X number of dollars. The problem is you'll get the money, but you'll still have the same thinking patterns and behavioral patterns trapped in your unconscious mind and even your subconscious. And the next thing you know, you'll have lots of money, but be broke or have all the same problems and maybe even worse because now you can afford more drugs to medicate your neurosis. And so things actually go south on you. So you end up having what you wanted, but not feeling happy about it. So. Anytime that you can place your future self inside your present body and incorporate as much of that ideal or that person or that vision or that mission or those values into you, you should because now you're becoming the person that shares the soul contracts and the values with the people that you want on your dream team to create the life you want, which means you're energizing your capacity for resonance and harmony with those people. 
if you're just a grumpy bump on a log and you meet somebody that you really want on your dream team, they might might not be very excited about working with you because they're like, oh God, I'm going to have to spend a year building a house for this person? I'll pass. But if you really step your game up and eat, sleep, breathe, and poop your future self in the present, it can be miraculous. And I do my very best to always bring my future self into my present life each day. Because why live below your potential? You'll just attract people that live that way to you. And the next thing you know, the old saying, misery loves company, becomes painfully true. P3OM by Bioptimizers is hands down one of the most important supplements to have on you everywhere you go. If you're traveling, if you go to work, if you're going to friend's house to eat, this product will knock out food poisoning and almost any kind of gut disorder from viruses, bacteria, fungi, whatever could irritate your gut so quickly. It's mind-blowing. I have been using this product since Wade Lightheart first turned me on to it, and he's the formulator of it. And I've got Wade here to tell us how it works, but I just want you to hear it from me. I have all my clients use this. I try to get it to friends, to family members, because it is really like your own bodyguard. So Wade, how in the world does this thing work so well every time? Well, as you know, we're very research oriented and we have literally a university in Croatia that we do microbiome testing with our labs of PhDs to find out what's the most effective formulation. And we are quickly moving into the post-antibiotic world where we need to cultivate super probiotics. We all heard of super bad bacteria in hospitals and stuff that are antibiotic resistance. But what we did, we worked with a medical doctor that was able to take an aggressive strain of L. plantarum, which is a very aggressive strain, and then put it through almost like a BUDS camp, a Navy SEALs training where we subjected this particular probiotic to a toxic environment. We ran a sine wave through it. And out of that survived only about somewhere between 2 and 3%. We then take that and grow it on very special food. We feed them just like you would feed a great athlete. You feed them special food. And the probiotics develop unique capabilities. We have a U.S. patent that is so powerful, I can't read it on the airwaves because we'd get canceled. But what I can say is when you put P3OM in your body, it goes out and breaks down any undigested protein, whether it's in your gut or through your blood system. And it becomes your Navy SEALs defense force, if you will, to go out and wipe out whatever pathogen might come in your body. You just need more of these guys to overwhelm it. It takes it out. It cleans up any messes. And for the last 18 years, I've been using P3OM daily. And I can honestly say, I've never been sick during that time. If I feel something coming on, I just double down my dosage, take four caps every night. If I get a little, if I'm traveling, I take twice that. And it's been great. A lot of our people do it. And it's one of our best-selling products. And it's available to your audience. Just go to p3om.com slash living40. Put in Paul 10, get a 10% discount. And if it's not the best probiotic you've ever had in your life, you get 100% of your money back. That's from us at Bioptimizers. That's our guarantee for you. 
Go get it. It's for real. I love the stuff. Thank you, Wade. Next, I'd like to talk about working with your unconscious. Your unconscious mind is way more powerful than your conscious ego mind. Bruce Lipton says in his teachings um, that the unconscious mind has one million times the processing power of the conscious mind. I know Joe Dispenza speaks a lot about this in his books and his Gaia uh, presentations and workshops as well. But your unconscious mind processes all the information that is not conscious. Now, to give you an example, physiologically speaking, your subconscious mind, which is the wisdom of your body and all the information coming through your DNA, is processing about 30 billion billion bits of information. A typewritten page is about 500 bits. This is new information. Previously, it was considered, I have a very good German physiology text, and Germans write very good physiology texts. Uh, it was written in probably uh, 2007 or eight. At that time, they said there was 9 billion bits of information a second moving through the average human body, of which the conscious mind only selects 10 to 100 bits per second almost all of which is based on your unconscious needs for survival. So whatever you have been programmed to think is most essential for survival, whether it's true or not, is the filtration mechanism that takes from the river of the unconscious and the subconscious to put it into conscious awareness. So your unconscious is all the information you're not conscious of, including your subconscious, which is the information housed particularly in the cells and systems of your body and the information moving through your DNA, which is a cosmic antenna system. So the unconscious is very vast and it has layers. You have the personal unconscious, which you also have your shadow, which we'll get to in a minute, but then you have the collective unconscious of the earth and the collective unconscious of any higher system, such as the solar system, the galaxy, the universe, etc. <clears throat> so the unconscious is extremely powerful. So is the subconscious. Your ego is only 3 to 5% of your total awareness, but the real power, as I said, is in your subconscious. And when you couple your unconscious, your subconscious, your conscious, and your superconscious, which your higher self resides in the superconscious of yourself, um, then the ego can be guided in affirmative ways as long as you're open-minded enough to be sensitive to subtle cues and internal guidance and your instincts and your intuition. <clears throat> Remember, Jung says there's four key functions to conscious, thinking, feeling, sensing, and intuiting. So whenever we're manifesting the life we want, most of us in the West are heavily oriented to thinking, which represses feeling. And we're most orientated toward our physical senses, sensing, which inhibits intuition. 
if I'm scratching your back, it's very hard for you to be still enough to intuit what your new dream home or new dream job or new dream partner is going to look like because your awareness is drawn to sensation. If you're busy thinking, it's very hard to really process whether or not you're in alignment with what you're feeling, whether it be your emotion or your values. For example, someone doing heavy math equations isn't wondering whether or not the outcome is going to support their um, values around food. So Jung showed that they basically have complementary but antagonistic functions. Thinking as a dominant has feeling as a subdominant, which means you have to really work on paying attention to your feeling by letting go of thinking in order to maximize both. So ultimately, we want to be aware of not only our sensation, but our intuition, not only our thinking, but our feeling, because the unconscious speaks to us with subtle cues. And if we don't listen, it speaks usually in more obvious cues, such as pain in our body or fear or anxiety or elevated heart rate, blood pressure, constipation, uh, lack of libido, sexual dysfunction. It's very critical to remember that as Jung teaches, the unconscious always meets you on the outside until you meet it on the inside, which means if you're not taking time to get quiet and really listen to what's rising up in you, within that space of silence that you need to create regularly enough to learn to hear it, then you will meet your unconscious in conflicts, in car crashes, in accidents, in shortcomings, in financial challenges, in relationship problems. So working with your unconscious and your subconscious and making sure the ego realizes that it's actually more powerful when it works with these two aspects of mind then allows you to engage your ego in life-affirmative practices and dream creation. And it will allow your ego to, um, if you have high enough awareness of the power of the unconscious and the subconscious, and you can put the ego in the back seat, then you're living really more of a soul-centered life. And that's very important for manifestation because to the degree you have conflict within your subconscious or your body, your unconscious and or your ego, then your life force energy is divided and you're like a, a, a band that's out of harmony. It won't sound very good. <clears throat> when we're overly ego-oriented, we inevitably find ourselves making choices that make life seem... Uh, well, it might make life seem better for us, but it often leads to things that are more stressful and painful for us and others in the long run. And the pain teacher shows up to teach us to get deeper within ourselves and make contact with our soul or our higher self. The ego has, I mean, excuse me, the soul has many, many layers to it. It's, it's, uh, it's more complicated than I can get into in a short conversation. But in my new book, I talk a lot about all this interesting stuff. So keep your eyes open for that. I haven't released the title because I'm 
keeping it secret because I've had titles stolen before and I don't want to lose this one. My soul gave it to me and it really captures what the book's about. But the book's really about why we're here, why life is the way it is, and what we can do to make the best of it, which is really what this podcast is about. So it's got a lot of stuff like this in it and much more. So ideally we want to um, realize that when the ego runs the show, we're susceptible to belief systems and isms that allow the ego the illusion that it can can and will be taken care of by some overarching big daddy or mommy in the sky or, uh, you know, the cult or the religion or the government or the medical establishment. And we can see right now that's not working out too well. So the ego also tries to avoid doing the work of real growth. You know, um, I took some training from a famous business mogul, multimillionaire genius named Bob Proctor. Some of you may have heard of him, but he said something quite profound in one of his courses. He said, successful people are successful because they're willing to do all the things that unsuccessful or average people are unwilling to do. So that's important. The ego tends to look for big daddy leader types if it's not well-developed or individuated and we know that so far that's not really promising much. Then the shadow is the part of ourselves that is like an unconscious repository for everything that we are unwilling to deal with, for judgments that we hold against ourselves and others that we don't want to look at. Our shadow contains all the wounds that we're unwilling or unable to heal at any given time in our life. It's the repository of all the things that we're afraid of but don't want to face in our life. But it's remember it's very important to remember that any of these things buried alive never die. Nothing dies in the unconscious until you transform it. And every negative in the unconscious holds a positive potential. So if you for example, heal the anger and pain toward maybe your mother or father or someone that abused you, then you let that energy go and it is available to your creative to your creativity to help you create more instead of being like a short circuit that keeps producing heat in your body and robbing you of life force energy and consciousness. So there's many great programs, Sounds True, the publisher Sounds True by Sammy Timon, Tammy Simon uh, has some really good shadow work courses that you can find if you look there. I've done a number of them myself. Um, you can look for the book, uh, I think it's called Healing Your Shadow by famous Jungian psychologist Robert A. Johnson. Uh, so there's a lot of good resources out there, but you really need to do shadow work if you want to optimize your capacity for manifesting the life you want, which requires exploring and acknowledging the darkness within yourself. Uh, many people are afraid to do that, but I always let people know the devil you know is always better than the devil you don't know. 
So, for example, you might have a shadow urge to do a lot of drugs. But the conscious part of you or the soul of you knows that that may have gotten you in a lot of trouble in the past or in a past life. So by recognizing the devil of this urge to get stoned out of your mind all the time and check out a society, you can recognize it and then develop a positive relationship with it and say something like, thank you for reminding me that I have this urge to do drugs, but you don't need to keep reminding me because it's not part of my dream for my life. And I know how devastating it can be by watching other people get caught in these situations. So you acknowledge the shadow. Anything you put your awareness on is immediately transformed when it's in your unconscious. The act of looking changes it. First, because it makes it conscious, so it can't pull your strings anymore without you knowing about it. But when you're looking at something, you're adding energy, and to the degree that your intention is to live and love more fully and create more meaningful things in your life and to have better relationships, then you infuse it with that type of energy, which immediately transforms it, making it more manageable. Next is looking at your inherited family trauma or the history of trauma in your family. And it's important to realize that through our, gen our genetics, we Remember I said the genes are cosmic antennas. What we call the soul is really an information field in the field of mind, not only of the earth, but the entire universe. So all our family history is in our genetics in any given lifetime, and we are channeling through the DNA the thoughts, feelings, desires, and angst of anybody in our family tree and to the degree that they want to live vicariously through us, that can be quite stressful and you can end up with what feels like all sorts of voices in your head, or you can find yourself drinking and smoking and acting in ways that you yourself don't understand, but someone with shamanic abilities like myself or Angie or a skilled uh, psychotherapist or even a psychic can actually see these things working through you. So... I highly recommend Mark Boulin's amazing work and book, It Didn't Start With You. I do have an excellent podcast with Mark Woolin. That's W-O-L-Y-N-N. His book, It Didn't Start With You, it's an award-winning book. I've studied it extensively, used it, used it in my clinical practice, used it on myself, and found it very, very helpful. Anyone wanting to manifest their life or the life they want should buy the book and do all the exercises because the worst thing that'll happen is you'll realize you don't have a lot of indicators of inherited family trauma or you don't have a lot of um, core sentences that are disabling you such as I'll never be successful or I'll never get what I want or nobody loves me those are negative core sentences so we need to clear all that out of the way to optimize our capacity for manifestation. Now, in my PPS Success Mastery Program, I talk about healing ant infections. So whenever you hear yourself using excuses or, or words like, 
didn't, did ant. I should have, but I wouldn't. So would ant, could ant, did ant, should ant. Those are all the words of a child avoiding responsibility. So the way we approach those and any other negative thought is a technique I learned from uh, Stanley Krippner, an amazing psychologist, an expert in mythology, and much more. Unfortunately, he passed away if two or three years ago, but he was a great guy and was very supportive of me. And the technique he teaches is name it, blame it, and tame it. So whenever you have negative thoughts or feelings arise in you that are not dream affirmative, you give it a name. Ah, there's my money devil that keeps telling me I won't ever have enough money. You blame it. Whenever the money devil shows up, I don't feel good about my relationship with money. You tame it. Thank you, dear money devil, for showing me where I have a mind virus. And then you state what is true for you in dream affirmative. I have abundance in my life. Money comes to me naturally and easily. I use money to create the life I want and to support others in doing the same. So what you'll find is that there's something in your shadow that by healing it, releases the negative energy to become creative energy that you can now use in your dream creation process and you come into more and more harmony at a superconscious, conscious, subconscious, and unconscious level. And that's really what a true spiritual master is, is somebody who's got top-down and bottom-up alignment and harmony. Hi, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show as much as I am. I love my guests, and I love you enough to tell you about Symbiotica's new amazing product called NMN. And in fact, it's so new, I don't really know much about it. So I said, Sherveen, I need to get you in here and tell me about this product so I know how to use it. So you get to sit in right now as Sherveen tells me about this amazing new product. Sherveen, why should we be taking NMN? So NMN stands for nicotinamide mononucleotide, and it's the main precursor to NAD, which we find in every cell, and it's what helps charge up the mitochondria in the body. It's used for every aspect of our entire life. Yes. Vision, sleeping, mitochondria, which is the true wealth. Energy source. It's our energy storage. So we were able to source pure NMN and we have a whopping 400 milligrams per serving in there. And typical Symbiotica style, we wanted to make this into a complex. First off, it's a delayed release, number one. So the capsules are delayed release. We have apigenin in there, which is from chamomile, which is a powerful antioxidant. Green tea extract, L-theanine. Resveratrol in the trans-resveratrol form, which there's a lot of science that shows that there's a synergy between those two compounds, NMN and resveratrol. We also have coffee bean extract in there. This right here, you know, you want to get on top of your aging. You want to start slowing cellular aging. Mm -hmm. We know now that we have a chronological age, but we also have a biological age. Yes, absolutely. One person who's 50 could really be 35 biologically and vice versa. Mm -hmm. This is a very powerful way to slow down the aging process and in fact, possibly even reverse it to some people. I take it every day on the rise. It's energy. It's cellular energy. You can feel it. Everyone's you know coming out with their testimonials saying, wow, they've never felt energy like this. They've stopped drinking coffee and using stimulants. It's powerful stuff, man. So if I enjoy my coffee, is it going to make me want to stop? No, it'll actually balance your coffee. I probably won't need as much. 
much. <laughs> Probably not. Fortunately, for my only do one shot a day, that's my absolute limit. So it's great to know that there's a product out there. Particularly, I love the concept of, of a natural stimulation for the mitochondria because a lot of people, you know, the number one reason for physician visits worldwide is fatigue. Absolutely. Chronic fatigue system, which could be thousands of things. Yes. And it's probably just an overrun immune system and cellular de-integrity. Yeah. And a lack of just nutritional variety and, and quality nutrition, which is what I love about all your products are all organic and they come from healthy soils and they're all formulated extremely well. And uh, I use them all and I love them. And I'm excited to try this one because at 60 years of age, I could use a little mitochondrial boost so I can keep up with my kids and my dogs. We're going to get you to about 28, 29 years young yeah. after a couple of rounds of this. Cool. Well, I'm already there biologically. So you got to <laughs> get right. me even younger than that. Okay. We'll go for 18. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, there you go. If you want your nmn and some anti-aging and an energy boost and some uh several other health benefits give it a try you can't do anything but get younger and feel better so go to symbiotica.com c-y-m-b-i-o-t-i-k-a.com and as a living 4d listener and partner in making the world a better place i've arranged for you to have a 15 percent discount on nm excuse me nmn little tongue twister there nmn and you can use that 15% discount on any of Symbiotica's amazing products. The formula will help you pronounce it a lot better, too. Oh, good. Well, that's, yeah. that's the sign I needed. <laughs> if you can't say NMN three times quickly, you need the product. I think we're all stuck with M&Ms. Yeah. Right? <laughs> all right, guys. Love you. Enjoy the product. Symbiotica.com. Check 15 on checkout. Enjoy your youth. Having healthy dream affirmative for doctor and other routines um, are very important because you're the epicenter of your own dream. So if you don't eat well, rest well, do things that are happy making so that you learn to practice happiness, move your body effectively so you have the energy to do the creative work and the legwork necessary to do research, find people, work with people, uh, etc., then you're not going to be able to manage creating the life you want because you're always going to be dealing with some kind of niggling chronic problem that keeps chasing you around. So having really good core values and routines, you know, I've a long time had healthy routines because I began my life as a child, as a competitive athlete, and I do not like to lose. So I studied what all the guys that were top athletes were doing, and I studied what happens to the guys that lose and whine and cry about it and quickly learned that if you want to be a top athlete, then you got to be willing to do what the other athletes aren't willing to do. And that means things like training in the snow or swimming in cold water or being disciplined and not making excuses and copping out on practices or training sessions, etc. So also I was raised on a farm and you just don't cop out on feeding animals and fixing things or you just end up starving to death. So I was blessed that my childhood environment taught me the importance of healthy rituals. But if you want to really optimize your power for dream creation, then it's wise to have healthy rituals and routines that become programmed into your unconscious. So you just get up and out of bed 
when you're supposed to instead of making excuses. You eat good food instead of making excuses. You exercise intelligently instead of getting caught in ego follies, etc. Walter Russell says the universe works on a one-to-one ratio, which he calls the love principle, which means there's a balance of giving and receiving. So what he says is that for every step you make toward your dream or what it is that you're manifesting through thought, word, and affirmative action, deed, the universe moves it one step toward you. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. So we need to really remember that if you lack the vitality to not only pray but move your feet, then prayer becomes like a noun with no verb to enliven the story. It's passive, uninteresting, and ill-motivated. I'm sure even God is bored of passive prayer, which is usually a childlike dependence on God to give you everything, such as better health and more money, while doing as little as possible. But that's not a healthy relationship, and it certainly does not reflect Walter Russell's love principle, which is a one-to-one ratio. For everything you want given, you must give an equal amount. And that's what keeps the boomerang of love coming home with more love on it. So pray and move your feet. Even if your dream life seems big and out of reach, what you can do now, you ask yourself, what can you do now to facilitate your dream? Not, well, I'll be happy or I'll do this later, but what can you do right now? And you'd be surprised. I do this kind of work with people all the time in my clinical practice and coaching, life coaching practice. And you'd be amazed how many things that you can do well in advance. My buddy, Jason Picard, my longest running client and one of my best friends in the whole world, is building a beautiful new home right now. And he started planning this thing out years ago. He's been meditating on this, working with his wife, Kara, thinking about the design of it. And now it's manifesting right before his eyes. He sends pictures of of uh, the whole building site and everything. And I've watched it go from a piece of property to a foundation to uh, floors and walls. And, and it's just like watching this whole thing manifest right before my eyes. So there's an example of doing what you can now. You've got to know what you want. And you got to know who you need on your dream team to have alignment of interests. And that takes work. You got to go out and find them. They're not just going to knock on your door and say, last night I had a dream that you were dreaming about someone that needed cement skills or electrical skills. We have to pray and move our feet. So the other thing is look at what people have created and are living the kind of life that you choose to live. They're living examples of what's possible. So, for example, if your dream is to have a beautiful home where you can work from and maybe teach exercise, like my um, my buddy Jeff Bryan created a whole outdoor fitness um, training facility or area in his property. He sold it, but he's getting a new one. And basically, he knew what it was that he wanted. So if you were to say, well, I want to have an outdoor fitness 
system and train people outside and kids, and you found out about Jeff Bryan, you could easily contact him and share what your dream is. And a guy like that, who's, uh, you know, just like a big ball of love and wisdom, would surely probably say, well, come on over and have a look at what I've created here and give you all sorts of ideas. You know, whenever we come to people in love with love, it's hard not to feel the love and want to share with them. And so there's an example of an angel showing up in your life. So look for the people that have what you want or have created what you're trying to create. And even if it's just a component, maybe they've created a house like you want, but they're not into landscaping. And then someone else you know does beautiful landscapes. Somehow, some way, those people each have something beautiful to add to your dream. And that's really inspiring because when you see what other people have been able to do and when you see what kind of conditions people came from to do it, my God, you'll realize there's no excuses. It's just a matter of learning the principles I'm sharing with you here. Now, there are three psychological prerequisites needed to create the life we want. If these things are not met, you're going to have a hard time with effective manifestation of your dreams, be it your life or your work or your relationships, etc. One is that we must take responsibility for our individuation. To be individuated means to become whole unto yourself, which means not be a child anymore that needs handouts from mommy, daddy, government, welfare, who's, you know, as we would say on the farm, sucking the hind tent all the time. Now, of course, if there's a crisis and your house gets mowed down by an earthquake or something like that, then getting relief from the government is acceptable. But most people aren't functioning that way. I think you're all aware of what I mean. So individuation means whenever you're creating your dream, you need to look carefully at where you're not participating as a mature, responsible adult and doing your part, but instead are acting like a child and hoping somebody else is going to rescue you or feed you or tuck you in at night. Next is relationships. We have to look very carefully at how we're managing ourselves in relationships and doing our part to contribute to and grow in our relationships effectively. So what relationships need healing or disconnection from or do you need to develop? That's critical. Without relationships, nobody can get anything meaningful done. Finally is competency. Where do you need a higher level of competency to effectively create the dream life that you want to live? Do you need more skills? Do you need more awareness about how to communicate in relationships? Do you need more understanding of what it means to be an adult? Do you need to learn how to use certain software to write your own plans for your house, for example, so you can save thousands of dollars instead of having an architect do it? Uh, A buddy of mine, Jay Sable, is a real example of a guy that develops a lot of competency in a lot of areas 
and is planning out entire communities that are sustainable and has spent years studying with all sorts of people to learn all the things he needs to learn. And that's the kind of guy I like to hang out with. So, Jay, if you're listening to this, you're an impressive guy, man. So, to review, there's three psychological prerequisites needed to create the life we want. We must individuate, become an adult, and take responsibility for ourselves and become whole as an individual. We need to pay very close attention to how we manage ourselves in relationships and make sure that we're sticking to our commitments and treating people the way we want to be treated, using the golden rule. That's all you need. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And we need to be aware of where we lack competency with regard to individuation relationships or any skills that we need to create the life we want. Next, listening to the pain teacher is very important because sometimes we have to turn our nightmares into our dreams by healing them, doing shadow work, listening to the language we're using. If you listen to my recent podcast with Mark England on his Enlifted program, it's an excellent program for learning how to consciously manage your languaging so that it is creating dream affirmatively and it is a power of um, creative, intelligent force working for you, not a bunch of shadow stuff working against you. So always look at and pay attention to how, when, why, or where you created pain in your life, and then say, was that pain in my life related to a lack of self-responsibility or individuation, poor management relationships, or due to my lack of skill in a given area. Finally, it's wise to have a must-have and a must-not-have list of guidelines for oneself and in relationships and in the creation of your dream. So, for example, if you have a habit of smoking too much pot and not getting things done, then you should probably have a must-not-have-marijuana until all my goals and objectives for the day have been met. Or you will just make excuses until you're walking around saying, all oh, that dreaming your life into existence is a bunch of bullshit, man. And I will say, yep, for you it is. Well, because we're still working on the individuation aspect and the competency aspect and you might want to take ryan sprague's course s-p-r-a-g-u-e on medical marijuana and the use of marijuana and how to use it ceremonially and intelligently which you can find by listening to my podcast with ryan sprague who's also another super intelligent cool guy so the point is get clear on what you must have and what you're willing to do to acquire it or attract it into your life and what you must not have because you know it's going to be dream negative or block you in the creation and manifestation of the life you want. So in closing, you're either living the life programmed into you by parents, schools, and society, which is composed largely of average people, or you are taking the bull by the horns and creating the life you choose to live and working with any challenges that come your way as a labor of love. 
Without challenges, there is no growth nor sense of accomplishment without which life loses meaning. Without meaning, there is no sense of connection, no circuit through which spirit can flow. All life is spirit moving slowly enough for us to interact with it. All life is spirit moving slowly enough for us to interact with it. With the world in the state of chaos it is in right now, times are ripe for change and for big dreamers to step forward. What can you dream into existence as your life, and how can your life dream be a support and inspiration to all the other dreamers here on earth? Many have either fallen asleep under the spell of brainwashing or have given up hope because they don't have the spiritual depth to see the challenges we're going through are essential. Our challenges today are letting us see just what houses the devil lives in and what we must stop energizing if we want nature and ourselves to survive and to learn to thrive together again. This is the best time ever to dream big, stand tall, and make big steps in creating the life you want. All you can do is live as an example of what is possible and inspire others to dream big and follow your lead. Of course, you don't have to do that. So when I say all you can do is, what I mean is being all you can be and doing all you can do means that you're living as an inspiration to others and inspiring them to dream big with your lead. When we encounter the challenges of creating the life that we want, if we're acting out of love, then all such challenges are a labor of love. And as I said earlier, a labor of love is sustainable. Without love, labor just leads to the kind of world that we have where there is rampant abuse of medical drugs, recreational drugs, and escape them into social media, escapism, that is, into social media, where people's minds are being captured by the little devils that turn passive minds into profit centers. And Mark Buck Zuckerberg is the master of catching passive minds and turning them into cash cows. Not a pretty sight, dangerous as hell for your children. Let's all create the life we want for ourselves, each other, and for the grace of nature, without which we have no more dream board to live on, and we're really at a time where we need to get together and circle the globe and hold hands. So I hope you've enjoyed this solo podcast, The Life You Want and How to Create It. I'm very grateful for all of you. I'm grateful that you've stuck in and Listen to me and give me a chance to share what I've learned, often the hard way, and get a sample of what I teach my students at the Czech Institute, where you're welcome to go to chekinstitute.com. We have many, many digital courses that you can study. We have uh, advanced training workshops, integrated movement science workshops. We have holistic lifestyle coaching level one online it teaches you how to have healthy routines, values, and good foundation principles. And if you want to be a professional life coach 
and help others do the same and learn help them learn to create their dreams more effectively. That's Holistic Lifestyle Coach Level 2. Level 3 is Advanced for Challenge Cases. Um, we have the Golf Biomechanics Program, which I believe is online now. We have Scientific Stretching online. We have a lot. And we also have the Four-Year Czech Academy Program, which is our, our sort of a, our creme de la creme for the people that really want to master it all. I want to say thank you to my sponsors. Well, first, I want to say thank you to all of you for sharing the episodes and sharing the love and doing your very best to dream big and inspire others to do the same because we really need to harmonize with our values and get clear on what we all need together. And so if you think this podcast was important and you want to share it, I really appreciate it. The more we grow the podcast, the more people we can help. And I really consider all of you part of my dream team. And so thank you to my sponsors for supporting the podcast, which allows me to take the time away from coaching clients and other projects that I have to do to make the money to keep the bills paid. And so I get the support from the sponsors, which ultimately is the support from you guys, because whenever you buy anything from the sponsors, I get a little commission and that helps me be able to run the podcast and pay the podcast team so we can do a good job for you each week. And I wish you all the very best. I'm excited to share more. I have about 150 solo podcasts written down in a notebook, so I got plenty to talk about. Thank you if you are so kind and want to leave a positive comment about the podcast on iTunes or on any of the um, places that you're getting the podcast from that lets you leave comments. I'd really appreciate it. And uh, I, I wish you all a lot of love, and I really do really mean everything I shared today. I use it in my life all the time, and it definitely works if you do what I shared with you today. And I've got countless numbers of clients and students that have studied with me and practiced what I teach that have beautiful, amazing lives to prove that it actually does work. And many of them have been on this podcast with me. So lots of love to you. We're in an exciting time. It looks a little scary at times, and it can get a bit nerve-wracking, but we're all on a shamanic journey together. And when you're on a shamanic journey, you got to let your ego sit in the back seat and get deep into your soul and let your higher self guide you. And that is the guidance that helps you create the life you want to live most efficiently and most effectively. So... Thanks for joining me today. Lots of love. Can't wait to share more with you real soon on Living 4D with Paul Check. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check. If you enjoyed this episode, we recommend episodes 18, 20, 22, 24, and 26, featuring Paul's Evolve series, where he talks about how to evolve yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and how to evolve your career. Or check out episode 59 with Paul on ancient wisdom and reimagining your health and performance. In episode 151, Paul talks about the people who changed his life. And more recently, in episode 164, Paul discusses how to create real health. You can follow Paul on Instagram at paul.check, on Twitter at paulcheck, or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash living4d with Paul Check. 
Watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com and get your free subscription to Czech videos and more at the Czech Institute's new media site, jakiva.com. Remember, you can read the show notes and find links to the resources mentioned in this episode at checkinstitute.com forward slash podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review at the top of the show page on Spotify or at the bottom of the show page if you are listening on Apple Podcasts.